Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Because when we pray, we download strength. It does not matter how we feel when we, when we start praying. The moment we start praying, we download strength. Yeah. It does not matter how you feel. The moment you open your mouth to pray, especially praying in tongues higher, you begin to download strength. There's infinite strength and power available to the believer in Christ. We just need to understand how to channel it, how to express it, and how to live in the power realm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. So, um, we are continuing on our apologetic series. Alright, so we're talking about apologetics, okay? Trying to lay established logical reasons for why we believe or believe, okay? To show people that it is not a business faith, okay? But that our faith in Christ is based on evidence, okay? Is based on facts. It is, you know, it's not just a story of, it's not just myths um, that we have cooked up, okay? But that these things are based on facts. Okay, so um, over the past weeks, I've seen several, several things written online and all that. Um, we'll discuss them. We'll discuss them. A lot of a lot of um, um, ob- objections about about things of of the faith and all that. I'll tackle them soon. I'll find time when we can actually really go in depth into them. Okay, but but this is one thing. I want you to know one thing to know this very well. Okay, that's really people can see. Anything they want to see, don't, don't let anybody pressure you. Okay, don't be pressured. Don't, don't let anybody intimidate you. Just relax, right? They might sound very smart and intellectual. Just relax. It's bubble. Usually, it is almost always bubble, right? So, don't be intimidated. Don't be put in a fix. Okay, just relax your body first. That even if you don't know the answer yet. There's an answer for all their bars. Did you get? There's always an appropriate boost, right? For all their bars. So just relax, okay? Let no one pressure you. There's always an answer to their to their to their doubts. Okay? What is the main thing actually? When it comes to answering people, actually, some people are better ignored. They don't want to hear it. Okay? They, they are trying to convince themselves that there is no God. So for that kind of person. It is beyond just logic, okay? It is um, inner rebellion that is showing forth, okay? So it's, for them, it might not really work that will convince them with answers. The one that will hear our, our answers is the one that's actually seeking God, right? So we should not be arguing with those that are out to not believe. It, it is a waste of time, all right? Are you me? It is a waste of time trying to convince someone that that, that, that has decided not, not, not to be convinced, okay? So we focus our minds on people that actually are seeking. They want to know. They are eager, okay? They might be ignorant, yeah? But there's in them a desire to know truth. This is very important. Don't go about arguing with the, with the rebellious. There's really no point. Just put them in prayer, okay? That's preventure. They have, they have to be open to receive the truth of the gospel, okay? But much more, our... Our uh, apologetics is for number one the believer that, that wants to be more convinced what he believes in. Number two, those seeking for answers. Okay, 
those seeking for answers. I get my points? Awesome. So briefly, I want to talk about um, Jesus, the one true God. Why we believe that Jesus is the one true God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we know there are several religions in the world. There are plenty. So you probably cannot count all the world's religions. There are, there are lots. I hear in India that there are millions of gods. I'm serious. In India, there are millions <laughs> of God, right? Interesting. Okay. So, but the good thing is this. That there is one true God. Okay. There has to be one God. Because by definition, God is the supreme being and creator of the heavens and the earth. Awesome. So, it means for sure that there can be only one supreme being. Anybody higher than a supreme being is the supreme being. You get so there can only be one supreme being. Supreme being. Yeah. So, um, it's not enough to just, just think and say, and she be, he believes in God and all that. Who is the God he or she believes in? Right? You know, people say things like, and they think it's, they think it's, it's intellectual. There should be, you know, there should have religious tolerance, you know, um, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, but shouldn't, shouldn't we be more intellectual to ask ourselves the questions? Okay. If we say by definition that God is one, God is a supreme being, it means that there can only be one God of all the God's people worship. Awesome. Some people will now say, eh, but we all serve the same God in different ways. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe to be, to be more, to sound more, more logical to say that we are all, maybe you, we are all maybe attempting to serve the same God in different ways. Maybe. Okay. But then again, even that, for it to be the same God that we are serving, okay, um, what we say about the God must agree, right? The character of God has to align in all of the religions for it to be they are serving the same being. Are you getting my point here? For example, if I say that... Um, Tunde is my best friend, okay? Tunde is that that in complexion. Tunde has um, dada hair and stuff like that, okay? Tunde is loving and kind. Tunde is nice. And someone else says, Tunde is also my friend, okay? This same Tunde, this same Tunde, okay? This one is dark in complexion, okay? He has blue eyes. He has gorimakpa head. You get it means that we are not talking about the same today. For today to be the same, the way we describe today must be the same thing. Otherwise, we are talking about different todays. So also, for all the gods we serve to be the same, right? What we say about that god must be, must agree. Awesome. That's number two. Now, in looking at all those religions, any, any religion that that probably says things like uh, there are many gods and all that is cancelled already because by definition, God is the supreme being. So it's why we say that um, 
we really don't bother with all the rest with the Hinduism, with all the Indian religions and all that kind of stuff. We focus on the three popular monotheistic religions, okay? On the Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Right? So, and Judaism, Judaism what, we, what we know, okay, from scripture that we have proven last week to be correct is that Christianity is the hope of Judaism, okay? So, if the, the one person Judaism actually studies the scripture well, he will see the promise of Christ, right? So, that again leaves us with two two religions to analyze. I'm following Christianity and Islam, right? And besides that, um, the God of the whole earth cannot just be the God of the Jews alone without a plan for the world, right? Is why we say, and we know from scripture, that even in the OT, God was prophesying a time when both Jew and Gentile will have equal access to him in Christ. So, for Judaism to remain a religion of Jews alone, it cannot be the um, religion of the one true God. For it to be one, one of the one true God, it must be such that God accepts all of the world. Do you get or has a plan for all of the world? Are we following? And we see that plan was accomplished in Christ 2,000 years ago. So, so it means we're analyzing right now Islam, really, and Christianity. Awesome. Now, people say very, very interestingly, you know, especially about this truth. People make funny claims. You no, know, Yoruba people will say, Shebi, and stuff like that. But is it really true? Is that really true? If um, in Islam, the prophet claims to be God's final messenger, and Christ, Jesus, came as God, fully man, fully God, and said is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. You know what that means? That if, <laughs> if it is true, then Muhammad is not true. They cannot both be true. Are you getting me? You know, it is a binary statement. That's either Jesus Christ lied when he said is the way, the truth, and the life, or the other one lied when he said he is the final messenger. It cannot be, um, they can't be both correct. Are you getting that? I'll, I'll, I'll talk, talk enough for that. They also say in Diaz, in Islam, that Jesus is not the Son of God, that God has no sons. Okay, that God has no sons. Interesting. Now, the foundation of the Christian faith is that Jesus is the Son of God, right? And that in Christ, we also become sons and daughters of God by adoption. Are you saying that we don't agree? Are you saying that? That we don't agree? So it's either one is right. Is that one is right or both are wrong, right? Do you see that? Awesome. Also, in Christianity, we believe in the Trinity. One God in three persons. One God. Okay, one God, but in three persons. One God. I'll explain that more later, the Trinity, probably on Sunday, okay? Now, Islam does not believe in the Trinity. In fact, they believe that 
anyone that believes in the Trinity or believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God is going to hellfire. Are you seeing that? So, obviously, it cannot be that the God we describe is the same. Our own God describes himself as, as a God that loves us unconditionally. Okay? Not theirs. So, when we check what both books say about God, you know, there is no agreement. In us, we say that all oh, believe in Christ receive eternal life. Okay? And, you know, we, we are heaven bound. Theirs, you know, they are judged solely by works, according to your own faith. In our own, God came down and became a man. In their own, God cannot, it's not possible to deal with man at that level. God cannot take on humanship in their own case. Do you see that? So, obviously, we are not describing the same God. And in fact, both are so different in such that we both believe by our own scriptures in each of them, okay, that the other person goes to a fire. So, it cannot be the same. It makes no sense to think it's the same thing. It makes absolutely zero sense to think we are describing the same God. In fact, in Christianity, though any spirit, any ideology that does not believe that Christ is God's son is antichrist. Is antichrist. As in, there is no union between us and them. It's anti-us. Anti-Christianity. Antichrist, anti-Jesus Christ himself. Okay? So, obviously, there is no way that we serve the same God. There is also no way that both are correct. It has to be one or the other. Are you getting me? Or do you think it makes sense? Just imagine it. That God sent his son, right, to live a sinless life, to die for our sins, a painful death, shameful death on the cross, and then resurrect, right? Then to then now send us down and not prepare to be the way. Does that make sense to you? When Christ himself said in John 14, 6, that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Christ makes a bold claim that if you are not coming through me, you are not coming to the Father. He told them also that John, John 14, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So it is, it, you know, it is, it is so drastically different. Awesome. Now even think about it much more. That we believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Listen to me. Listen. Now, interestingly, they also believe that. Shouldn't that tell them that the one person that was born of a virgin, that you should pay him attention, that you should listen to whatever he says, if he was virgin born, and the other guy was not virgin born, it means by common sense, you give him higher priority in, in listening. Doesn't that make sense? Awesome. Now, we also both believe, well, interestingly, that he lived a holy life. He was the only one of God, the only one that ever lived fully holy. Shouldn't that tell them so that this guy is worth listening to and whatever he says, which we pay attention to. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was not lying. No, no, hear this, hear this. Because they also believe, listen, 
they also believe that he lived a sinless life, meaning that he never lied. So it means that when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was not telling a lie. Guess what also? They also believe oh, that God gave us the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, in that same Mark, Luke, and John, that Christ said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So, so you see that if they are not being confused, confused, confused themselves, they ought to pay attention to the message of Christ. Are we following? So why do you believe in Christ? Why Christ? Number one, the virgin birth. The virgin birth. By being virgin born, he automatically separates himself from every other human phenomenon. Alright? And the thing that they also agree with this is interesting. Okay? He lived a sinless life. Okay? And he backed up his claims of divinity with signs and wonders for him. In John 10, John 10, he says, If you don't believe I'm the Father, and the Father is in me, believe me for the works that I do. So he not only talked it, he lived it in signs and in wonders. You know, interestingly, we said last week that persons fulfilling Joseph's life about him, they are so numerous. So, so 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 vast that you know the, the odds of it ever happening to anybody is one in trillions. Do you get that? And we have trillions of men on the earth. So it, it is so drastically easy to see that Christ is the way. Okay, when some fulfills prophecy after prophecy, prophecy after prophecy, you know, it's, it's just too easy, you know, to see that. Then is death and resurrection, you know. Even before his birth, his death was prophesied. Also, it was also prophesied that, that he rose up again from the dead. It was all over scripture, okay, that he would not permit his body to see decay. Okay, this is where he says he was bruised for infirmities, it was you know, and all that. It was always prophesied in scripture that he was going to die and direct. And he also told the disciples, says, I will break this temple, okay? And I will, you know, bring it back up in three days. And by that, he spoke of his body. Now, awesome. Now, because they knew this claim, the Jews of the day and the Romans of the day, they knew this claim. So, when he was on the cross, right? And when he, when, when, when he died, they put soldiers... At his tomb, you know, to guard the place so that people don't come and steal his body and say he resurrected. So they actually came to secure the place because they were ex- they knew the claim. So they actually came to guard the place so that not, nothing will happen. Despite all that, right? Despite all that, he arose from the dead and he was seen by people, not, not just one person. Two people, three people. It was seen. It was seen by five hundred people at the same time. Now, some people say that those people were having illusions. Is it possible that five hundred people were having illusions at the same time? Five hundred illusions about the same person? That is that is remotely that is not even possible, right? So it was seen by people. And guess what? Guess what? Now, at the, at the time when Paul and the 
others wrote about these things, people that were eyewitnesses were still alive. They were still alive. This is so interesting. They were still alive. So they could have said, you know, right? They could have this, they could have this, um, they could have this proved the claim. Okay, these are real things that really happened. Awesome. So it starts to reason, you know, why these claims are true. Then finally, look at this. Till today, they have not found his body. They could not find his body. If indeed it did not resurrect, where is his body? If indeed he died though, and you buried him, okay, and he died like, like every other man, where is his body? Do you know what this means? The way the Jews and the other people then hated this matter of, of, of reverence from the dead, the way they hated it, right? They would have gone to every length to find his body. I get my point here, but they could not find it. What does this, what does this, does this tell you? His body is resurrected and with God the Father in heaven. They could not find his body. We also see, you know, that the apostles, after resurrection, they became so bold for the faith, they did not mind dying anymore. The same people that ran for, for their lives when they were arrested, they became those ready to die. They even died for the faith. Nobody dies for a lie. I get my point here. Nobody willingly dies to uphold a lie. They could have just denied the faith. They could have just, they could have just resigned from it all. Okay, but they saw it. It is so. It was so real, so true to them that they did not mind dying for the claim. Who dies for a lie when there is nothing to gain? See, James, Jesus' brother. That he never believed until after resurrection. Okay, he also died for the faith. See Paul. Paul had a great life, you know, as a as a Jew. He was on course to be a proper Jewish leader, right? He met with Christ and abandoned everything. Philippians three, Philippians three, Philippians, Philippians three. Yeah, he abandoned abandoned everything because he had met with the real deal. Why would Paul neglect his Jewish life? Are you seeing this? Where he was on path to live a wealthy, fulfilling, you know, very good life, you know, in the flesh, right? But he saw something greater and he knew that everything else in his life was worth letting go for Christ. Philippians 3. Philippians 3. Let me, let me read it out from verse from verse 7. Okay, let me read it out from verse 3. For it is we who are the circumcision. We serve God by His Spirit. Right? We boast in Christ Jesus and we put no confidence in the flesh. Although, look at that. Verse 4. I myself have reasons for such confidence. If one of those things that put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Verse 5. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Look at this. A Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. 
as for zeal, persecuting the church, as righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Look at this. Verse 7. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing what? Of knowing Christ just my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. He had a stable life, a life destined for greatness in the Jewish in the, in the Jewish system, but he met Christ and instantly knew that the other life was garbage. Who gives up everything? If it is not true. So Paul will go on to preach the gospel place to place, to suffer, be beaten several times and be left for dead, to you know, to be to be to be imprisoned for nothing, to also die for the faith. Who dies for a lie? These people were willing to pay the ultimate price. Why? Because they had found the truth. That found the way, right? So this shows us, you know, knowing that they had nothing to gain, what would they have gained by lying about it? Paul, Peter, John, this all paid the price for the faith they believed in. John was put in hot oil that he would die, but did not die, you know, he did not burn. So that sent him on exile. Where were revelations? Peter was fed up upside down. You know, this all, they all paid the price for their faith. Why? They did not pay the price because they had seen the truth. They met with Christ resurrected. And for them, it meant everything. Are you getting me? This is why we believe in Christ. Everything points to it. It is so true. It will be hard to see all the evidence, you know, and disprove it. Are you getting me? And even, even till today, is still back his word with signs following. The sick is still being healed. The blind still sees. The lame still walks. The message of Christ still brings hope and joy to the human heart. Oh, glory to God. Father, I give you the praise. I hope you are blessed. I hope you have left. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, I will give you the praise. We pray, O oh God, that we grow in this understanding and we grow in conviction of this life we have found in Christ. That we are bold enough to share this gospel as your early apostles, prophets, teachers, and the early church words. That we share this gospel with our world. Get them saved. Get them to meet you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the price you paid. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.